Coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, I don't know how, but we found a way to do it. We got Dave Hoppin on the show. We talked to him about the inaugural season, the expansion draft, how he got here in Charlotte, and this. Did you ever uh, contact anyone from Golden State? Like, hey, Donnie, what happened? <laughs> What's the deal? <laughs> You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. It's Locked On Hornets presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, and Locked On Hornets is presented by Built Bar. You can use promo code Locked On now to get $10 off of your first box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team. Every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, and make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Uh, you are familiar with our antics, our personalities, what floats our boat. We like random basketball players. And once we latch on to something, just one thing, we tend not to let it go. Somebody, one person out there, one Charlotte Hornet fan out there voted Dave Hoppin as their favorite Charlotte Hornet ever. We did some research on the inaugural season not too long ago as we've looked back and lived in nostalgia regarding the Charlotte Hornets. And we came across some of the guys on that team. We went out. And we got Dave Hoppin, who Doug affectionately dubbed Dave Hoopin on this podcast. He is here now with us on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Dave, thank you so much for the time. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? <laughs> We're doing well, Dave. We really do appreciate it. You weren't the able time. to track down that I was the one who voted for Dave Hoppin as my favorite all time Hornet. Wait, wait, hold on. Are we breaking <laughs> some news here, Dave? Did you vote for yourself? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. No. <laughs> Well, how does that make you feel, I Dave? I can't imagine because you would have, but uh, I'll take it. No, no, sure. I was going to ask. I mean, how does that make you feel to have somebody out there uh, that voted you as their favorite Hornet of all time? No, that that feels great. It's awesome. It's really weird. I still get, uh, I will still get um, playing cards and trading cards in the mail probably, I don't know, probably every week for sure. Um, and it's just weird to me that uh, they would want want my signature on anything. But uh, if they're willing to send it to me and, and send an envelope, I'll sign it and send it back to them. So it's just kind of weird how people think. Yeah, Dave, when was the last time you were asked to come on and, and do an interview for the Charlotte Hornets or anything in the NBA? Wow. Uh, probably 25 years at least. Um, yeah, I it's haven't, been 25 haven't been on anything, the first. Right? You are the first, yes. Oh, we're, the listen, first we're, we're, we're honored to have you because we've we've really been digging back into this inaugural season. And um, honestly, we do, so we did this Hornets Greatest Moments bracket, and one of the greatest moments in my mind in Hornets history is the Hornets debuting in 1988 and 1989, and you were a big part of that. But I think the fan base has forgotten a little bit about what how exciting that was and what the atmosphere <clears> – <throat> excuse me – the atmosphere around that was like uh, because it didn't advance in our tournament. Uh, so tell us, like, what when you were uh, drafted in the expansion draft and you first arrive into Charlotte uh, to play for this expansion team, uh, what, what are your memories of, of being drafted and then being around that team in those early days? Yeah, uh, it, was, it was very exciting to be drafted. I um, was very surprised. I was not uh, – 
paying attention to the draft at all because um, I I was playing with Golden State at the time, and uh, back then what they did was you could protect eight guys on your roster and and four guys could be unprotected and could be drafted by one of the two expansion teams. And and uh, and uh, Don Nelson, who was the general manager, told me, don't worry, you're not going to get uh, picked. We've, we're putting somebody else uh, as unprotected, one of our four, and they're, he's going to get taken, so don't worry about it. So I didn't even know the draft was really even happening until I got a call from somebody from the Charlotte Observer asked me how I felt about being drafted by the Hornets. So, um, uh, but once I, you know, once we got to Charlotte, um, uh, wow, it was it, back then. Anyway, it was more like a college town almost, with the with the atmosphere and stuff, and and the way the fans supported us. And everywhere you went, there was just so much support, and uh, there were people patting you on the back, and and uh, everything was in the papers all about the Hornets, and um, it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, you know, the only competition we had at that time was was NASCAR, and. Um, and, and, you know, we, we were able to pull our own crowd in and, and it was, it was great. And the opening night was, was awesome. We lost by 40 points, but I think we got a standing ovation at the end by, uh, by the crowd. So, uh, it, it was a, it was a great start to start to my career there. That's amazing. And did you ever, uh, contact anyone from golden state? Like, Hey, Donnie, what happened? <laughs> What's the deal? <laughs> it was, it was really, it was really odd because I had been, like he had taken me in another uh, another center, and we were kind of working out one on one with him for like two or three weeks uh, before the draft, and um, and so I was really planning on staying with the Golden State Warriors, and and so it was it was really an odd thing to me. But um, anyway, so we were very happy that we were able to to land in Charlotte, and and it was um, a great two and a half years that we had. And it was an interesting group of players that the Hornets were able to assemble for that inaugural season. I mean, you had Trapuca, you've got uh, Rambis, Rex Chapman was the draft pick. Uh, you were franchise mm-hmm. drafted along with Del Curry and Muggsy Bogues. Uh, any memories of particular players or or what it was like to play with some of those guys? Well, it was great to play with all those guys. You know, I just uh, uh, I, I remember you know how <clears throat> we went back and played one of our exhibition games in in Kentucky. Uh, for Rex and and we all thought Rex was a, a great player and a great kid and, and and everything else. But man, oh man, when we got there, it was almost like Elvis. Uh, you know, we had to be going into the hotel in the back um, uh, back alley and and sneaking into the arena and everything because the people there just absolutely loved Rex and uh, it was kind of nuts. Um, you know, the the people that were on that. That team that year um, were were great players and and a lot of great teammates. Um, you know, Kurt Rambis, um, he was one of my better friends on the team. And you know, Kurt was one of those guys that when you watched him play with the Lakers, you thought, oh, this guy is just a stiff. All he does is kind of play defense and rebound and and throw the ball into you know to Magic and get down on the fast break. But Kurt really was very talented and was actually a, a lot better player than what I think a lot of people thought he was once he got the got the chance to play a little bit more and, and wasn't just a, 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 a also ran on the team like he was with the Lakers because they had so much talent on that team. But um, there was just a, a lot of a lot of fun guys and a lot of uh, really really neat players to play with. Yeah, Dave, I want to get into some of your better games. I I was looking up a lot of your stats, not only for the Hornets, but just in the early years. We'll we'll go with the game that you scored the most points as a Hornet. You had a 16-point game with Charlotte at one point. And uh, do you remember what do you remember from that game, or what do you think was the best game that you played in that inaugural uh, season for the Hornets? 
Wow. I have no idea when I scored 16 points. I don't remember <laughs> that game at all. Uh, uh, you know, that was a long time ago. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I think the, uh, maybe it's apropos to even be talking about this now with the whole, uh, the whole ESPN series on, on Jordan and the Bulls. Uh, I remember that first year we played, um, against, uh, the Bulls at, in Charlotte and it was on, TNT or TBS, and and back then that was like the you know they had like one game on during the middle of the week, and they had like another game on Sunday on on CBS or whatever. But but that was a big game that week, and and um, and all the the hoopla and everything else surrounding Michael coming home to North Carolina and how exciting it was and everything. And uh, and we actually went out and and won the game. They were they were a better team than we were, but we actually won that game and. Uh, uh, but just to remember the the excitement and the and the the crowd and everything for for Michael coming back home and and then us being able to play a good game and, and winning the game that was probably my most memorable game of of my first year there. And that was Christmas Eve Eve. That was on December twenty third, uh, and you had seven boards in that game, Dave. That was there great. I mean, you were. What was your role on the team? I mean, were you? I mean, obviously you were, you were playing the center position, but what what was your focus when you went into the game? What did the coaching staff and 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 you what did you, what were your goals uh, as part as part of that inaugural team? Well, I think uh, you know uh, Coach Harder uh, had been with Kelly Chapuka in in Detroit and knew uh, that Kelly was a good scorer, and Kelly was our our probably our main go to guy, uh, and so. Uh, for, for both me and Kurt Rambus and, and even Tim Kempton, who was our, our backup center, uh, you know, our role was to kind of set some picks, make sure we got, uh, Rex and Kelly open and then, and then hit the boards and, and, and play good defense. So it wasn't really a glamorous role, but, uh, but was, you know, the game was so much different back then, you know, that we actually did run plays and you did set picks and do stuff. And it wasn't just coming down and, and, you know, setting a pick and roll and somebody shooting a three every time, like it, is, it seems to be now. Um, but, uh, you know, just, just, yeah, guys like that and, you know, and having, you know, and trying to get guys like Bill Curry open and stuff. Uh, we just had a lot of, uh, we had a, a lot of guys who could shoot the ball well. Uh, we just had to set good picks and get them open and, and let them do their scoring. We have plenty more with Dave Hoppin coming up next. But first, I want to talk to you about Built Bar. Some would say it is the Dave Hoppin of energy bars. It's the best tasting bar. It's real chocolate. They have amazing flavors. I'm telling you right now. I enjoy the taste of it in a way that I have been able to kick the mini muffins and get something a little healthier in my body. And Doug, I know you love it so much as well that you're already on your second box of Built Bar. Well, because both Katie and I sort of converged on the box and ate all of them very quickly. <laughs> and so then I called up the guys from Built Bar. I said, hey, it's Doug Branson from Locked on Hornets. And they said, who? And I said, Doug Branson from Locked on Hornets. I said, can I get another freebie? <laughs> can I get another free box of Built Bar? And they said, sir, we have a business to run, okay? So you're going to have to buy it. And I said, okay, fine. Your bars are so tasty. They're so good for me that I have no choice but to commit commerce and buy another uh, box. And I'll tell you what I did. I bought, they have like a variety pack. And so you get all the flavors f that they have to offer. And they're always doing new flavors. So you can sub in some new flavors. And so we put together, Katie and I got together. We put together the variety box, the six that she liked, six that I liked. And I said, seriously, don't eat my bars this time. Uh, so Bill Bar, amazing variety. And uh, they're so good. And you get a discount if you put in our promo code. Tell them. 
It's low calorie. It's high protein. It's low sugar. And you should go get a box right now. And I'm got, I got telling you, here's the deal. Okay. Builtbar.com. Use promo Tell code me. locked on. Get $10 off 10. You can save money. $10 off of your first box at www.builtbar.com. Again, that's www.builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on. You can squish it together in one word. You can space it. It doesn't matter. And you can get $10 off of your order. Again, www.builtbar.com. Dave Hoppin, plenty more coming up next. This is Locked On Hornets. Like you can't drop a name like Anthony Tolliver into the middle of a ring. It's like dropping a piece of savory, juicy meat in, in a lion cage. You know, if you drop Anthony Tolliver's name into this conversation, I'm gonna attack that. it, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna just gonna rip it up. I know that. I know that. Once, hey man, you gotta stay away from Anthony Tolliver. It's gonna make Doug into a rabid dog. I'm tall over it. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Well, I noticed, I noticed too, that uh, you had a couple of three-point attempts uh, that season and, and throughout the rest of your career. And, and that's, that was probably pretty rare for, for somebody that was 6'11". I mean, was that something that you were known for? Is that something you – only, you only had a few that season, but uh, was that something you, you wanted to do? Well, I would have loved to have done it more. Yeah, um, I, I think I think at least one of them was probably a, a, a desperation three. You know, where it was just the end of a quarter or something. But uh, but no, there were a couple others. Um, you know, I was uh, I was a fairly uh, good shooter for for a big guy, but definitely back then the big guys did not really venture outside the lane a whole lot. Uh, we were. Uh, much more went from block to block down low and, and uh, you know, kind of did your business in the lane. And, and we d- didn't really get out anywhere near the three-point line normally. But uh, there were a couple times where we uh, switched some things up and, and uh, kind of ran some plays and, and let me be able to get out there and shoot a little bit. So um, I, I appreciate the Hornets letting me have that opportunity. Well, Dave, yeah, I mean, let's go back to the game. You made one three-pointer. On April 9th, 1989 against the Cavs. Now, I ask you about the 16-point game. I understand there's a lot of games that you played that was a long time ago. Do you remember making the one three-pointer, though, against the Cavs, Mark Price, Brad Doherty, and company? I, I think I – well, I believe it was up there, too. Um Maybe I'm mistaken, but I think it was in, in Cleveland. But, yeah, I do remember that. I, and I think it was, it was just a play that um, – uh, uh, they had a really good team. They had a, a really, really good team. I, I'm, I'm almost positive we still lost the game, but I think there was a, uh, a game where we had something happened right at the end of a quarter or something near the end of the quarter. And, and, uh, we had come out of a timeout and, and, uh, coach Harder just, uh, decided to run a play and, and try to get me a, a shot. And, um, and I don't know who set a pick for me, but I kind of came out and, and got a, got a wide open three. And I, I'm sure Brad Doherty wasn't probably thinking I was going <laughs> to shoot it out there. So, uh, he let me shoot it and, um, and, uh, yeah, we, we ended up making the basket. So that was good. Uh- yeah, in that game, Mark Price went for 35 and went 18 for 18 from the free throw line in That's that game. Right. Yeah, right. Now, Hornets uh, shooting coach once upon a time as well, just a few years ago. Um, now, let's. you brought up the Last Dance documentary. And uh, Dave, you also played against Michael Jordan in the second round of the playoffs in 91. That was in route to his first championship. You were a member of the Philadelphia 76ers at that point. So in honor of the last dance with more of Michael Jordan, you know, what was it like going against Michael in that playoff run, watching him eventually lead that team to uh, a championship title against the Lakers eventually? 
Yeah, we. Uh, um, I think we won. I think they only lost. Well, I don't. Maybe I might. Maybe my memory is wrong. But I thought they only lost maybe two games in that, and we won one of them. But I think That's it right. was uh, Hersey Hawkins hit a three pointer at the buzzer or something like that to beat them. Was the only game we beat them in. Um, they were were very very good at that time, and and Michael was. Um, you know, was still scoring, you know, 35 points a game. Uh, you know, not, not so much like he was playing later in his career where he was distributing and letting other guys play. Uh, it was pretty much Michael was just kind of taking things over. And, um, I, I talked to somebody, I saw a little, uh, a snippet of it the other night. You know, uh, when they would, when you, when you went to Bull Stadium back then and they kind of came up out of the basement, they came upstairs and, um, and they turned out all the lights. And they were playing that song from Sirius, and and it was, you know, the place was absolutely rocking. And, you know, then you hear the announcer say, and from North Carolina, Michael Jordan. I mean, you know, even as an opposing player, it gave you chills. I mean, it kind of made the hair stand up on your arms. I mean, it was, uh, you know, and just to hear the 17,000 or whatever would stick into the the old Bulls arena there uh, was was really awesome. And that was... uh, Definitely a, a, a huge home court advantage for them, but they obviously had a great team, so that that was a lot of fun. Uh, so, Dave, as Walker said at the beginning of the interview, I do affectionately refer to you as Dave Hoopin, uh, but I'm curious because Basketball Reference does not have a nickname listed for you, and you had an illustrious high school career. You had a great uh, career at Nebraska and then on into the, into the NBA. Did you ever have an official nickname, a moniker that uh, that was assigned to you? I don't believe I did. No, huh? I don't know of any. Um, I do know that when I did play uh, in in Philadelphia, that there was a um, there was a couple of teenage kids uh, that would uh, a lot of times during timeouts would stand behind our bench, would yell at our coach and say, "We need more hooping from hopping." Uh, but other than that, <laughs> yeah. no, I don't know that I actually had a. <laughs> so so you're not that far off but yes yeah um but uh it, it didn't work well enough i didn't i didn't get enough playing time in, in philadelphia so. <laughs> listen dave i think we got to call up basketball reference and tell them we got to we got to get hooping in there we got to get dave okay. hooping hopping there you go <laughs> that's, there you that's go. something we can take care of uh but if since you bring up philadelphia we talked about them a little bit dave we, we got to hear charles barkley story before we get you out of here if there's something oh, wow. what, what's one thing what's one remembrance that you have uh one of the experiences that you had as a teammate of charles barkley that comes to mind chuck <laughs> there are so many awesome things uh charles is um is one of those guys that is, uh, you know, he is almost like bipolar. Um, he will do and say some things that are so out there and so whack and so wrong. Uh, but then he has the biggest heart of anybody that you would ever imagine. I mean, he can be the kindest, nicest guy that you've ever been around. Uh, we, um, uh, you know, back then we used to, um, travel by uh commercial plane so you know which sounds crazy now uh but we so we'd be walking through an airport um and uh you know and people would be you know coming up to us all the time and wanting autographs and stuff and uh uh you know charles would stand there and sign and take pictures with everybody who wanted to 
get a get an autograph with him or anybody who wanted a picture. He was like so unbelievably gracious to fans. It was it was kind of crazy, especially for a, a superstar. Um, you know, we went to one time we were playing at that same time we were playing the the uh, the Bulls. Uh, we we had our, in our night off. We went to a Cubs game and there were like five of us that went to a game. And once the people found out that Charles was in the stands, um, you know, we were sitting behind home plate, and they, we, he had probably 50 people on both sides of the row sending baseballs down for him to sign, and he stood there and signed and signed and signed and took pictures with them. Now, you know, this second night he might, you know, go up in the stands and spit on somebody or might <laughs> might do something crazy or might say something totally uh, – outlandish but uh but that's the way he was uh he just had um he was really gracious a really good guy but just he just uh kind of spoke his mind a little bit too much we really enjoyed our time with dave hoppins somebody that we have adopted as one of our favorite players here on the lockdown hornets podcast dave i imagine you made quite a few fans change their favorite player to you after listening to this interview we loved it thank you so much for being so gracious with your time i appreciate it thanks guys it was Dave Hoppin on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We have one more segment to go here. Locked On Hornets, Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. Then I clicked on M. Thomas. I'm like, who in the hell is M. Thomas? Matt Thomas is his oh, name. Oh, NBA legend, Matty Thomas. <laughs> he played, Matt he Thomas. Play at all. I'm pretty sure Matt Thomas <laughs> served me at an Applebee's the other day. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. We are riding a high. We got one of our idols, oh one of our God. most recent idols in Dave Hoppin. Doug calls him Dave Hoopin. We, I don't even know how we were able to get him on. Uh, that was all Doug's project. And <laughs> Dave Hoppin was a member of the Lockdown Hornets podcast for a day. Uh, how are you feeling after that interview, Doug? Are you as excited as I am? I need a cigarette. I mean, it was yeah. beautiful. I love all of that classic uh, and he was giving us great anecdotes. I mean, Rex Chapman, it must have been weird. We didn't really, there was so much that I wanted to get to that I couldn't ask certain follow-up questions. You were like, chopping at the bit with this interview. You were, and, and look, this is not some bit, uh, you know, to use it again, this is not some bit by Doug Branson, right? You could hear it in Doug's voice. He got Dave Hoppin on. He was somebody that wanted to ask him a ton of questions. I saw his face. I wish we could put these videos out every once in a while because if you could see Doug's face anytime Dave would mention something within the interview, you could see Doug Branson's face light up like a Christmas tree for how excited he was because it led him down to a different question that he wanted to ask and eventually might change it for the different question that he had at the end of his answer. But you were extremely excited about all of this. Yeah, because, well, first of all, you never know what you're going to get when you interview someone. And so, first of all, Dave was amazing and gave us great anecdotes. Uh, but second of all, I would love to talk to anyone from that inaugural team because I think it's just such a magical season and a magical moment. So if we can get Sidney Lowe, Greg Kite, Ralph Lewis, Tim Kempton, Mike Holton, Ricky Green, Tom Tolbert, Brian Rousam, Robert Reed, uh, who am I missing here? Uh, Rex Chapman, obviously. But you don't want the probably, big name. Yeah, right. But like, yes, okay. Obviously, we would love to have Earl Rex Chapman. We would love to have Del Curry. We would love to have Muggsy Bogues. It is awesome to hear from the guys that are drafted in the third round who played six years, bounced around from team to team, where we, we don't hear Rex Chapman, Del Curry, Muggsy Bogues discuss Michael Jordan the way a Dave Hoppin does, where he right. is the goosebumps listening to the PA announcer 
address Michael Jordan out of North Carolina. Dave is watching that as a fan, except, oh, wait, he's a freaking basketball player on the bench and he experiences that. You don't get those kind of anecdotes, I don't think, from some of the star players. And so I'm completely with you. Go and get some of the guys that barely played in the league, only have basically 100 games to their name. I'm with you on asking those guys questions. Here are the follow-ups that I missed and the opportunities in the future to have uh, Hoopin back on to go over some (laughs) of this stuff. So the first thing that I wanted to follow up on, I kind of followed up on it, but I really wanted to dig down into the fact that Don Nelson (laughs) basically screwed him. Like was like, Hey, everything's going to be fine, Davey. It's you and me, baby to the end. And then all of a sudden Dave gets the call and is like, you're out. Well, can I speak to Don? No. (laughs) Was that Rick Bennell who made the call? Doug, was it Rick Bennell who made the phone call to Dave Hoppin is one that I would have liked to have Richard Bennell on the phone. Rick. With Hoopin, I love that idea. The second thing that I missed uh, following up on is this idea of Rex Chapman uh, as a rookie in this exhibition game being a superstar when they go back to Kentucky to play. And how was that for some of the veterans on the team? Now, there were a lot of young players on this team. That's going to happen in any uh, franchise situation, um, expansion situation, I should say. A lot of rookies and a lot of second-year and third-year players. For example, Del Curry was a second-year player. Uh, and I believe Muggsy, it was only his second or third year. And so you're going to have a lot of that, but still veterans on this team, and you've got this uh, rookie Rex Chapman as, as a rock star. I wonder, because I know I hear all these stories about how rookies were treated back then. You know, it was old school time. Um, also, I want to know what Dave thinks about basketball now. We didn't really have time to get into that, but I'd love for his, it seems like he's less of a fan of it. It seemed like he was very nostalgic about the days when teams ran plays. Yes, he was very nostalgic about the time when somebody 6'11", who didn't shoot all that much, was still a person that could stay in the league for six years. I mean, that's, yes. But yeah, but at the same time, then I would follow up and say, but yes, but Dave, don't you think you'd love to play now? Because you would, it wouldn't be something where it's like, well, occasionally we'll run a play for you to, in a blowout to shoot a three. It's like yours, you know, players like him with the shooting touch, but they're 6'11", they are respected now. I like that he doesn't remember one of his best games as a Hornet. Like, somebody that didn't... I mean, and this is somebody that averaged at most six and a half points per game in one season of his career, and he doesn't remember one of the highest scoring games. I love that from Dave. Uh, Real quickly, the Kurt Rambis thing, that's awesome to hear his candid thoughts on what he thought of Kurt Rambis coming over. We think of him as the guy that gets clothesline in NBA final series and is ready to scrap where he was saying, yeah, I thought that too, but Kurt actually had some game to him. That was hilarious to listen to his thoughts on Kurt Rambis. I I liked all of it as well to hear some of those. Again, this is somebody that is sharing his personal experiences in a way that he's not afraid to because it's not somebody that deals with the media all the time. I get why it surprises you that he would not remember that, but I think it would not surprise Dave and it would not surprise a lot of professional athletes that they don't remember these things because it is, and, and I don't, I, I'm going to be careful even to say like players now. I think players now would be the same way that it is a bit of a profession for them. And so it's a, you know, this, it's this mentality, especially for, su- for some of the more humble players. It's a mentality of like lunch pail, like, yeah, we're just going to work and do, doing the thing. Um, and it's not so much. It would, I think it, w- it would be maybe even more embarrassing if he like remembered every detail of, of his, of his best game ever, or maybe that would be the mentality that those type of players would feel. 
Um, but yeah, I think I think they remember people and they remember funny moments. But I but I think it's I, I think it's something more common than a lot of people think that that uh, professional athletes, these famous people, don't necessarily remember those kind of things. Remember that damn three though, didn't he? You know, remember? <laughs> yeah, 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 he got that one. Well, because it was such a—that's a rare moment, you know. Yes, of course it is. Yes, it's one now, three. Now, okay, if he had scored, no, if he had scored forty, if he had set a record, if he had scored, you know, forty-five points or something in a game, I'm sure, certainly, he would have remembered that. Uh, yeah, right. No, I completely get it. Remember I think if you ask Kevin Durant, hey, remember that time you had, you know, this triple double on this certain night? I don't know necessarily that he no, would like remember no, all the details around it. Like no, me, I do a lot of important stuff and I can't remember all right. of the important stuff that I do every day. It's like, that's a lot to ask of me. No, that is it. No, I appreciate your breakdown on why he doesn't remember the 16 point game. I do appreciate the deep dive. Into me, listen, that. me and Dave, we're like, I'm telling yes. you, I think we're buddies after this. I'm going to give him a call after this. And oh, you want that so badly though. When we like, can, when we can travel and, and be human beings again, I'm going to Omaha and I'm going to, I'm going to get a <laughs> steak with my buddy, a bisteca with my buddy hooping. Dave Hoppin was drafted five spots after Drazen Petrovic. He was also drafted 10 spots after the Gatman, Kenny Gaddison, drafted 55th overall. Did he play? Because I didn't look at the second season. I know Gatman wasn't in the first Hornets season, but I wondered when when did Gat come over? Because I would love some good Gat stories. <laughs> That's what you he want. did. So Gat came over in year two, uh, and Dave was playing in year two as well. So next time we get on the show, I'm going to ask Hoopin about Gatman. I'm also going to call up Basketball Reference and see if we can get I, – I, to, to me – it seemed like Dave agreed. I mean, that was a verbal agreement in my mind. I would, I would be, look, this is not something that we're good at. We like to have these projects and eventually <laughs> we don't do that. It's not something that where we like the idea of it. And then we expect somebody else to do it for us. That's or, or it just doesn't get done. I would like this to be the rare time where we could actually put forth some kind of effort into getting basketball reference to recognize that Dave Hoppin does indeed have a nickname and it's Dave Hoopin. That's what I want to happen. Do you think that we can take that on? Or do you think this is just going to be another project where I don't even care if we fail, Doug, I just want to have said, we put in the effort to try to get a nickname for Dave. Hopper. Here's interesting. Here's an interesting thing. His middle name is Dirk. So there's another thing we can ask him in the next interview. Are you a fan of Dirk Nowitzki or were you a fan of Dirk Nowitzki because of the name connection? A lot of things we have left that we left on the table. <laughs> with hooping. So I can't wait to get him back on the show. I hope everyone out there enjoyed it. I hope everyone out there appreciated this interview. We have so much. We had so much material for Dave Hopp and a guy who had not had an interview to talk about the NBA in 25 years. Isn't Hold on. Isn't that amazing? First of all, that he was, yes, I mean, he was amazing. ready. He was ready to go and he, he, he gave it, he gave us so many great anecdotes and uh, he was awesome, man. I love Dave. Seriously. <laughs> I know. I don't, I don't think you have to sell us on that, Doug. Roderick, Roderick that Boone, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I'd like you to run it back. I want the favorite Hornets of all time list again, and I want to re-vote. And I'm changing my answer to Dave Hoopin. And you should, too, we, if you're listening. We did drop a Dave Hoppin episode into the mixed in the week and the two weeks that we are going to be discussing some of the greatest what ifs of all time in Charlotte Hornets history. Uh, you can tweet at us at locked on Hornets at Walker Mayo at Doug Branson, LOH, maybe some of your favorite Charlotte Hornets, what ifs of all time. 
And we will also try to keep you updated on the greatest Hornets moments of all time bracket that is dwindling down to the final few seeds. I'm going to give you mine right now. What if Dick Harder would have unleashed Dave Hoopen and let him shoot a few more three-pointers? I'm saying, look, the Hornets only won 20 games that inaugural season. I'm saying they win at least 35 if Dave is allowed to, to catch fire from beyond the arc. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks again to Built Bar for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA, Chad Ford's Big Board, and Hollinger and Duncan. Have a great day. We'll talk to you Friday. <laughs>